0: From KLCC Studios, this is Oregon on the Record. I'm Michael Dunn. Ever since the first wolves and jackals wandered into the camps of prehistoric man, looking for food and wagging their tails in submission, humans and dogs have forged a relationship of mutual benefit. Soon after, we put the descendants of these animals to work, guarding our homes, farms, and villages. And for more than 100 years, we've used their amazing senses of smell, sight, and hearing to help us in law enforcement and search and rescue operations. Today on Oregon on the Record, you'll meet the people who work with these amazing dogs to both search and apprehend would-be criminals, and also search and find those who've become lost and in need of help. The Lane County Sheriff's Office, both employs officers and canine patrol and enlists volunteers for search and rescue missions. And you'll hear how they work with their furry companions to make Lane County more safe. That's the excited and playful bark of one of Lane County Sheriff's canine patrol dogs. The Sheriff's Office has three canine units, which it uses to help locate fleeing or hiding suspects and to provide additional safety to officers. The Sheriff's Office also coordinates the Lane County Search Dog Team, which is a group of volunteers who provide search and rescue operations. We recently went to the Lane County Sheriff's Office to meet these dogs and the people who train and work with them. First, we talk search and rescue with a married couple who have been helping find lost individuals for years in our community. We're talking with Jeremy Adams. He is a volunteer with the Lane County Sheriff's Office search and rescue team. Thanks for jumping on and talking with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Talk about the training of the dogs. Talk about, you know, h- how do you train these dogs to search for, I-, I assume a lot of it tends to be lost hikers and, and, and things like that out in the forest. Talk about the training program.
1: Well, we like to start the dogs young so we can get more of a career out of them. We basically teach the dogs to find human scent. Uh, my, my dog is a non-specific human scent, so he will go towards any human scent um, we start small, small runaways, and then we get bigger and bigger areas that we search. He is an area search dog where we're just assigned an area, and
0: we just go out and search
1: for any human scent, and then he'll take me to
0: him. <laughs> So obviously, you know, I think anybody who's ever been around dogs or or been a dog owner knows that, you know, the the nose is is such a such a huge part of of their entire sensory apparatus, probably much larger than ours as humans. How do you uh, how do you train a dog so that they are only specifically searching for one kind of scent in the case of your dog, a human?
1: A lot of um, small problems and reward It's kind of a goofy party. We all kind of hoot and holler and we have good time when the dog finds somebody. So we just kind of expand on that into bigger areas. It's all a big game to the dog. And when they find what they're looking for, it's a big party. And sometimes it's kind of hard because we're in the middle of a scene and we need to have that party with our dog so they will recognize that they did a good job, and some dogs are food reward. Jasper is a toy driven dog, so when he gets when he finds a subject and takes me to him, then he gets his toy, and we play. <laughs>
0: So it sounds like in some ways, not only are they responding to your dog specifically or any dogs responding to the training, but it's also, are they responding to kind of the emotion that they're getting off of, off, off of a trainer, a handler such as yourself?
1: Yes. Um, we, they'll, they'll, that's why our, as a dog team, I only work with Jasper because we understand each other. I know what he's doing just by how he acts. And also he can tell when I'm getting frustrated when we haven't found the subject or we're getting into rough terrain. There's kind of an old saying that all my feelings will travel down the leash and that will affect the dog. Despite our dogs are not on a leash when they're searching, they,
0: they're loose running around. Why don't we talk a little bit about sort of the procedure of, of when you're activated, when you and Jasper are activated?
1: Well, we have a, an app on our phone that we use for call-outs. Since we're all volunteers, we have 100 or so volunteers that will get called out, and it just depends if you're available or not. You get the call on your phone. You respond that you can respond. My truck is always loaded up with gear, throw the dog in, and then we will go to the call. Usually when we arrive to the call, there will be an incident commander or a SAR manager who will tell us what's going on, give us a briefing, and then they will look at the resources that have arrived if we need dog team, ground teams, or even high angle rescue teams, then they'll decide on how they're gonna deploy those resources.
0: High angle would be like if someone is stuck on a cliff or something like that? Yes.
1: And typically in a dog team, there's gonna be two humans and one dog. We always have a flanker with us so they can help us with the subject when we find them, and also to kind of keep an eye on us. One person walking around the woods alone in the dark usually isn't safe. And then we'll just go out and do our searches. If Jasper responds and finds the person, then we go to the person, start doing checks on them for their health wise, what more resources we need after that point. If we need to do, they're just lost and we just need to walk them out or if we call in a litter team, or if we need to call in a helicopter to hoist them out.
0: Jasper's this beautiful long-haired shepherd. You know, maybe talk a little bit about the unique qualities of of a dog like Jasper to do this job.
1: I know a lot of people will ask what a specific breed, what is the best breed for search and rescue or working type. I mean, I will always say a German Shepherd because they're my favorite breed. But on our team, we have a number of breeds of dogs Border Collies, Golden Retrievers, Golden uh, Yellow Lab. The the dog wants to needs to be able to work. Mm-hmm. It wants to work to please its handler, and that's the main thing that you really want to look at when you're looking for a search and rescue dog or a working dog, is that they have the desire to work, and they're in good health. You don't want to take a 17 year old dog out there and beat him up. He he enjoys it. You know he has a lot of fun. It's usually um, We have to take them when we leave the house, when we put our hiking boots on, because they get pretty crazy. (laughs) So it's, we always, they're always with us.
0: Great, great. Well, Jeremy Adams, a member of the Lane County Sheriff's Office's uh, Search and Rescue Team, thanks so much for talking with us. Thanks for having me. Now we'll talk with Jeremy's human partner, Sarah Zumwalt. Sarah Zumwalt, a member of the Search and Rescue Team, thanks so much for coming in and talking to us. Thanks for having me. Um... You get a sense of exhilaration when you're out with your dog looking for someone. what are kind of the emotions of uh, it's certainly an extremely important job you're doing, but you know if you, is it fun is it is, is there an adrenaline rush? Kind of describe what it's like
2: Oh it's a gamut of emotions you know you get the rush of being called out, being out in the woods, searching um, you get the rush of when you find somebody or you know have that closure for families but then there's also the disappointment is if you've been searching for hours on end you know you're tired and you you just can't you know find the person so all, it's all the emotions.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, obviously, you're searching here in Lane County, which obviously our, our wooded areas are some of the most challenging in the nation. I imagine it's a, it's, it's, it's a high impact. It's, it, it's a very energetic job. And I imagine it's, it's, it sounds like the dog wants to work all day long. Is it sometimes you feel like, oh, I can't keep up. But, uh, you know, luckily the dog is, is, is still going strong.
2: Yeah, with our dogs, they will, they will go until they drop. The human needs a rest before the dog does. So there's actually times when we have to say, okay, after four hours of searching, we need to call this for at least an hour just to have a break. And that's even just to give the dog a break.
0: Are there key indicators of when you're training a dog where you say, you know what, this probably isn't the job for them?
2: There are many dogs like that. Um, Some people will come in with the high expectation that. You know, my dog can do this no matter what. He can find a hot dog in a room. It doesn't always work that way. You know, they have to be willing to accept the environment they're going to be in and things like that. So there are dogs out there who will not be able to do this. And you, you learn to find that out fairly quickly.
0: With your dog, Briar, was it, was it kind of instantaneous? Did you know right away that, that this was something that Briar could do? Or, or was it that you took sort of the raw clay of what a dog can do, and it was because of the training and, 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 and the rigorous discipline that you had that kind of made Briar work?
2: So yeah, exactly. We, we took the model clay, and we built him. Um, he did come from a working line. Um, his breeder breeds working dogs. So that was already bred into him to work. It was just then molding him into the search dog.
0: Have there been moments as, as general as, as you want to be where even you've been amazed at Breyer's ability to, 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 to do the job, to find someone?
2: He amazes me every day. Um, even in training, it'll be like, you know, how do I make this... Hide difficult for him, you know do we hide somebody underneath a root wad? Do we hide you know um, the the decomposing scent you know up high in a shelf, in a container? You know, how do we make this hard for him? And it's, it, it amazes me at what they can find.
0: In, in an outcome, uh, you know, when, when you successfully found someone, do you kind of share an emotional moment with the dog? Do, do you both kind of react like, wow, we, we did it right. We did the job.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's always that, el- that sense of elation of, you know, we just saved this life. So, yeah, even the dog feels it.
0: Great, great. Well, Sarah Zumwalt, a member of the search and rescue team is part of Lane County Sheriff's. Thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you. Now let's talk with someone who relies on his canine to seek out and apprehend the bad guys. Deputy Raymond May with the Lane County Sheriff's Office. Thanks so much for talking with us. You're welcome. Yeah. Glad to be here. Is there a a specific Uh, skill set that your dog is trained for i.e. that they're looking for people is that is that what your dog is trained to to find
3: yes my dog particularly well we have three patrol dogs and they're all what we call search and apprehension dogs we basically look for bad people and we capture bad people that's pretty much what our dogs do we also have a new dog who is a drug dog that uh, just does drug stuff
0: when you have a dog working to find a bad person like you, you just talked about, especially, I know, you know, Lane County is both very rural but also very urban. Is it a real challenge if you have to work your dog to, to find someone in in a highly
3: trafficked area? Describe sort of that challenge. It It is, and that's actually one of the ones that I don't enjoy doing as much because it, it's much more difficult because you have so many different scents you know if we come downtown and help like eugene or something on a track my dog particularly he doesn't do as well with what we call hard service tracking concrete and asphalt and stuff like that Uh, my dog excels at being out in the woods on on dirt and gravel and you know grass and stuff So it is a lot more difficult just because there's so many people around there's so many different scents around things like that so you're basically just looking for unless you have a vehicle that somebody left from you can go to that vehicle find a track at that vehicle and work away from that vehicle so the dog has that particular scent that it's looking for but if not it's much more difficult because you're just kind of out there looking for somebody that matches the description and you're looking, you're going from yard to yard, searching, and if a dog obviously finds somebody hiding in a backyard, it's awfully suspicious. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe talk a little bit about the training, how
0: how you got your dog to be this effective uh, people searching tool that it
3: is. Well, they start out when they are basically puppies. They started out with bite work and, you know, search work a little bit here and there. But uh, when, I, when I got my dog, there wasn't a whole lot of training done to him. He had some of the bite work training and stuff like what that.
0: What is bite work? I'm sorry.
3: It's where they learn how to bite and hold on to somebody. Got it. Okay. Um, so he had some of that just from the person we got him from but he didn't have a whole lot of anything else. So I did all the obedience training for my dog. We did pretty much all the search training for the dog. Um, before you are able to use a dog in the state of Oregon, you have to go through a what they call a handler course. And it's several hundred hours of going through with a trainer uh, five days a week, you go through this and You learn, it's for you and the dog, so you learn about your dog, you learn how to watch your dog and read your dog, and then you also, while you're there, you teach the dog how to search and how to find things, and those, those, you know, skill sets that they have to have. So, and then after that, after you're done with that particular class, we, Lane County as an agency, trains our dogs 10 hours twice a month. So we have two separate training days twice a month plus while we're on duty and there's, you know, downtime. A lot of us will take our dogs and we'll either do obedience training with them or we'll have a track laid down for them or have somebody else lay a track for us so we can go find the toy or find somebody at the end of the track. So it's just a continual constant training even after your hundreds of hours. And then we go to conferences a couple times a year for more training. Mm. So there's a lot of training that goes into it. Mm. I'm sorry. What is the name of your dog? Hector. Hector. Okay.
0: So Hector... I it sounds like can both find someone you're looking for, but then also help in apprehension, is that is that correct?
3: Yep, that's why we call them search and apprehension dogs, is they will help, and then if, say, somebody's not giving up, they're, you know, and we have to take a lot of stuff into consideration before we actually have our dogs apprehend somebody, right? We take in if the crime that they just committed, where they're at, if they're hiding someplace that it's not safe for a deputy or or officer to go into, um, if we know who it is, we'll even take into their past, their past, you know, criminal history, things like that. So we take all that into account before we actually use the dog. But yes, they're it, they're a great tool for when somebody is, like I said, hiding someplace not wanting to come out and if the crime is high enough or you know everything falls into place for us basically then we can just use that dog to make the situation safer for everybody okay when you and Hector are out and
0: this is maybe a strange question but do you view Hector as a pet a partner a tool or or maybe it's it, it it's all of those things
3: it's kind of all of those things really I mean yeah he's Well, I wouldn't necessarily say so much a pet because he's not really a pet. I don't, I mean, he's a super nice dog, but there are maybe certain places or people that I don't necessarily, or I wouldn't necessarily just trust him to run willy-nilly about, you know, and do whatever he wants. But he's a working dog, so. Mm -hmm. But as a partner, yes, I spend more time with that dog than I do my wife. by a long shot. (laughs) So, we we have conversations, you know. Me and that dog, we talk and, well, I do most of the talking. So, <laughs> but, uh, but he's also a tool, you know. Um, would I ever want him to get hurt or something? No. But if I had to use a tool, and you know, to make something safer for one of my deputies, yes. So, it's a little bit of all of that, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Um, talk about... I think most people listening understand that dogs have special skills, but but talk about from your perspective and having done this for quite some time, sort of the value that a working dog that that, that you have, the dogs in, 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 in the sheriff's office, talk about the value that they bring to law enforcement.
3: Well, I guess part of it is they can do so much with their noses and obviously their eyes and their ears and you know they have their senses are obviously so much better than ours it's it's pretty amazing to walk through a field and then 20 minutes a half hour even an hour later take your dog and have that dog basically follow the same exact path that you just took just because they're smelling the ground they're smelling the broken grass the disturbed ground things like that obviously they're smelling the human scent also but they have so many olfactory that it's amazing that they can follow that stuff
0: was there an incident where you're like even you were surprised at, at at what your dog could do
3: yeah one of our one of my favorite and best longest tracks was i mean pretty amazing we went to look for a guy that had fired shots at some other, somebody else, ran on a motorcycle, crashed his motorcycle, and then fled into the woods. I was at home at the time, got a call. I didn't get on scene until I think it was an hour and 20 minutes later, something like that. It was well over an hour before I actually got on scene. And we ended up tracking this guy for several miles up into the woods and across roads and into a dried out Creek bed is where the guy actually ended up hiding. And I still didn't see him. (laughs) But I'm down in the creek bed and Hector knows the guy's down there. I assume he's down there somewhere, but I can't see anything. It's five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And all of a sudden Hector runs behind me because he can see or smell or whatever the guy. And I had no the guy was only ten feet from me, hiding in a root ball from a down tree, and Hector went in there and apprehended the guy, and I didn't even know the guy.
0: Wow, wow. Uh, Deputy May, my last question for you is, obviously, you've spent a lot of your career teaching dogs like Hector how to do the job, but are there were there moments that maybe your dog taught you something?
3: Yeah, I mean, you learn from, we both learn from each other, obviously. You, like I said, you gotta learn and watch your dog, and each time, even that scenario is yeah, pay attention you know the guy is 10 feet away from me i had no idea i'm down there with a flashlight so you know we also have to pay attention and you know see things hear things try to do our best job to listen but yeah he teaches you patience <laughs> you can't get upset If you get upset and do silly stuff, they're going to get upset and do silly stuff too.
0: Well, Deputy Raymond May with the uh, Lane County Sheriff's Office, thanks so much for talking to us.
3: You're very welcome. Thank you. That's
0: our show for today. Dogs have acute senses that we can barely imagine, and they have the kind of intelligence and willingness to please that make them perfect for law enforcement and search and rescue, both directly and indirectly. Many people in our community owe their lives to these canines and the officers and handlers who put their senses to use each and every day. I want to thank Jeremy Adams and Sarah Zumwalt of Search and Rescue and Deputy Lane County Sheriff Raymond May for speaking with us. This show, along with all episodes of Oregon on the Record, is available at klcc.org. I'm Michael Dunn, and this has been Oregon on the Record from KLCC. Thanks for listening.